Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Hey, 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 it is Richard and Linda Iyer, but it's really Linda and Richard Iyer, if you want to know the truth, because ladies first, and Linda is so much better than I am in every way. But here we are. Here we are. We're up at Bear Lake. As we speak, we're on the road with a great big truck and another SUV loaded to the hilt with food and furniture and bedding and all kinds of stuff for the onslaught of the children. Getting ready for the getting ready for the family reunion. So Linda, most people would probably assume that today's Ayers on the Road is going to be about family reunions, but nope. Guess again. It's going to be on how to talk to your child about sex. Now, so if you <laughs> know people interested in this topic, get on the phone and call them and tell them to get on the air and listen because it is one of the subjects that strikes fear into the heart of most parents. Literally, most parents we know, wouldn't you say, Linda, are scared to death to talk to their kids about sex? Well, it's certainly different than when we were kids. Um, we had the most fascinating speaker this week, a young man named Clay, uh, last name. Anyway. Clay Olson, who, Olson. who's the, one of the founders of a, of a group called Fight the New Drug. Uh, he, is, he was wonderful. He scared us all to death. And um, about the importance of talking to your kids about sex, and it's particularly about pornography, which is the new drug. Um, it's extremely addictive, and there's probably nobody listening that doesn't know somebody that's in trouble, either with pornography or a marriage um, that's dissolving because of it, or teenagers that have ruined their lives because they're addicted. It really is a very, very scary thing, and we need to pay attention to it. Now, let me say this, just to catch the tie-in. Many of you listeners who follow us know that we wrote a book a few years back now, about a decade, in fact, called How to Talk to Your Child About Sex, and it was a bestseller. It still is on the shelves, and that's an indication of how much interest and how much concern parents have about this topic, but... As we spoke with uh, this Clay Olson the other day and fight the new drug, we may actually work in collaboration with them to do a new edition of our book, How to Talk to Your Kids About Sex, because honestly, Linda, it's amazing when you think back, the time we were writing that book, we certainly included some discussions of pornography, but what pornography is has changed dramatically over the last decade. Now, our book was not a book about pornography. It was simply a book to give parents a clear path on how to talk to their child about sex, starting when they're little with certain introductory discussions and progressing on with sort of the epicenter, kind of the big talk at about eight years old. And well, a lot of people then, remember, Linda, thought, oh, my goodness, isn't that a little too early? Aren't these eight-year-olds kind of naive and young? And we would say no, because you want to have a preemptive strike. You want to be the first source of information for your children. But my point is, if if it was, if 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 it needed to be at a young age then, eight, how much more so do we need to get the jump on this 
as kids know more and more earlier and earlier, and are more and more inclined to experiment earlier and earlier and earlier with sex. And wouldn't you hate to have your child have his main source and his first source of information about sex to be the Internet or to be the peer group or to be some horrible site on the web, which unfortunately pops up? How, how, what portion of the Internet did, did he say is pornography, Linda? It was I think shocking. he's in the 30s, 30%. Shocking. It is just horrifying. And, you know, the thing is, it's changed so much, as I said before, from the time that we were kids. I mean, he said, um, you know, how many of you would, what would you have considered pornography when you were uh, young? And, you know, everybody popped up with Playboy. And he said, you know, I he has been speaking to junior highs and high schools across the country you know, crowd after crowd after crowd, and every time somebody comes up and says, thank you so much for this, I can't talk to my parents about it, I am addicted, and I need to know what to do. And But the funny thing was, he said one boy came up afterward, after he's done his presentation, and he said, well, so what, what do you really mean by pornography? Like, Playboy isn't really pornography, right? And, man, you know, does that just blow you away? I mean, they are in such a different at such a different realm than well, we were. Well, the bottom the bottom line is that I mean, and the I don't think he was trying to be shocking, but he was speaking to a group of older people, trying to catch them up to date on how much the problem has changed. And essentially, what he was saying is, look, you know, pornography is not just pornography today is not just about naked people. It's something far darker and far more ominous than that. In fact, he said, you know, we used to think of pornography as two categories, softcore and hardcore, and that meant different things to different people. But now, he says, the, the, the people in the industry, this huge industry of pornography, don't use those terms at all. They, they use the terms present, presentation, which is sort of the, the teasers, and then Gonzo is the term for really difficultly hard pornography, which unfortunately often involves violence, and violence particularly to women, to women and, and the children. Yeah. So it's just, and, and, and the sensitivity level of kids who see a lot of this is just, you know, it robs them of their sensitivity even to what what is bad and what is good. So I mean, you don't need to hear that from us, and we're not the experts, but the reason we wanted to talk about it today is, you know, there is such a burden on parents. It doesn't have to be thought of as a burden, but there is a burden of responsibility on parents to really do all they can to be sure that their kids not only I mean, isn't it odd to think back just a generation ago we used to talk about the birds and the bees? I mean, doesn't that just sound so horribly out of touch? <laughs> and so so pie in the sky, hey, let's talk about the birds and the bees. Well, and, and, and here's the thing, though. We don't believe that because the world is going the direction it is that that has to make our talk with our child about sex dark or ominous or terrible. In fact, maybe you could argue the opposite of that. Because of the directions the world is going, 
our responsibility, maybe our first responsibility as parents, is to help our kids understand that sex, human intimacy, with the right person at the right time, is the most wonderful, awesome, stupendously beautiful thing in the universe. And if and if kids understand that first, and then from there understand that other uses of sex with the wrong person at the wrong time are very dangerous, very dark, and very unpleasant. And, and I think doing it in that order and helping kids not to fear sex and not to think that it's something evil or bad is part of the parent's balance in trying to assume this responsibility that all parents have to help their kids understand what is right and what is wrong about human intimacy. Well, I think that as you talk to your kids about sex, it is important to let them know that there are some scary things on the Internet, and probably everybody listening has a filter. Although there was a grandmother sitting in front of me, in fact a great-grandmother, who said, I have grandchildren in my house and they're young children, and they want to just watch the cartoon channel all the time. But I don't know that they're – I don't stand over and watch them all the time. I mean, it's on the computer. She said, I I don't know anything about a filter. I said, man, if you've got kids in your house, you better figure out a filter because it is so important. And I think it's important, to, speaking of talking to your kids about sex, to let them know that probably something will happen at some time in their life, even if they don't do it intentionally, that will expose them to pornography. And they need to know what to do. They need to think about it in advance. You need to kind of do a little role play with them, which we have done with other things with our children as they've been growing up. But role-playing that is so important. Just like, what do you do? In fact, there was um, a woman who was in our class who said, you know, I and she's just the most refined, beautiful woman you can imagine in the world. And she said, I decided one day that I was going to watch Harry Potter with my son. We were in a hotel room and far away, and, and we could get it streamed online. And so we thought, oh, that'll be perfect. We can watch it together. It's so exciting. She said they downloaded it. Onto a computer. This wasn't, a computer. Uh, this wasn't the TV. In the Her room. son said, well, it'll take a while to download, but it'll download overnight, and in the morning we'll, we'll have it. So in the morning she turned on the computer, and she said it was the most vile pornography that you could imagine, and she probably couldn't imagine uh, what yeah. else so it was. You... But she just said, I, there was no way to get out of it. I didn't know what to do. I, I, you know, of course, our, my son just closed the computer. I mean, it, I was just so stunned. It was just so surprising to me. And and I think every child is going to run into that. Every and every adult. adult. Yeah. And every adult. And, and so you're right. You have to role play what you're going to do and how quickly you're going to do it in those cases and help kids to be prepared. Now, we've got to take a break here just for a moment. But before we do, one more quick thought on what we learned the other day in this interesting presentation on Fight the New Drug. By the way, one re- reason we're so interested is a, one of our best friends and neighbors is a major funder of this of this Fight the New Drug. And, and you, you have a chance next time you get to a, to a computer, get on there and... Um, Take a look at fightthenewdrug.org, and it's it's a wonderful approach. And and what I wanted to say about it is, what you may say, why did they choose that name? And 
there's a very, very good reason. They they are really trying to approach the whole problem from a scientific viewpoint. And what they've found and what their researchers and scientists have found is that pornography indeed is an addiction in the technical sense, the same as drugs. And it affects the brain in very similar ways. And so their, their, their approach is really quite fascinating. There's, there's sort of three aspects of pornography in terms of how it affects us. One is the brain. It, it clearly affects the chemicals in our brain. Two is our heart in the sense that it desensitizes us and probably in the long run makes kids less able to feel real romance and to really have the kind of uh, relationships. relationships that we would like them to have. And then third is society itself. And and they're really out to debunk this old sort of, you know, consenting adults. It's not It's not a bad thing as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. If I want to watch pornography in my room by myself, who's to say I can't do it? And their their point is it affects everyone. It affects families. It affects all of society over time. And, again, this, it, it makes it such a burgeoning industry. I still am trying to figure out how he calculates this figure, 35% of the Internet. He must mean of the total content on the Internet. Maybe he means that, you know, the, the, the URLs or the Internet addresses people go to. It's just shocking. I mean, if it's half that, even if his estimate is off by half, it's a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry. And really. so when his point is there are no victimless crimes, this is a problem for the heart, the brain, and the society. So true. So when we come back, we'll give you some specifics about how to talk to your child about sex. We'll be back in just a minute. Here we are back again for the second half of the show, Ayers on the Road. We're talking today about how to talk to your child about sex, but we actually spent most of the first half of the show talking about pornography, which is one part of the discussion. I'd like to have you think about it like this, see if you agree, Linda. When, when we engage in conversations and dialogue and communication with our children about sex, there are two objectives. At least, there may be more, but the main two are, first of all, to protect our children. What are we protecting them for? What are we hoping to protect them from? Number one, pornography. Number two, early sexual experimentation and the the improper approach to the whole idea of human intimacy. What are, what are we trying to do? What's the second objective? to have them have a wonderfully healthy attitude towards sex and to know how beautiful human intimacy can be with the right person at the right time. And, of course, what we mean by that personally is within marriage. We speak a lot to non-members of, the, of, the, of, of, of any religion, really, and we have to be careful that we don't sound like we're preaching and saying, you should get your kids to abstain from sex until they're married. So we usually use the terminology, the right time with the right person, and they have to interpret it the way they want. But believe me, there are no parents 
well, there may be some, but we, we certainly hope we never meet them, who are not interested in trying to help their kids delay sexual activity as long as possible, certainly until they are with someone who they truly love. And in our case, of course, that would mean in marriage. So, number one, to protect. Number two, to make sure that there's a healthy attitude to it. And they probably ought to happen in the reverse order. And in the dialogue that we have crafted to try to help parents talk to their kids about sex, those two objectives really are in the reverse order. The first part of the dialogue is about how wonderful sex is, and it really is kind of about the birds and the bees, funnily enough. But the the second part woven into it is how important it is to use it in the right way with the right person. So let me just give you a little sketch of what we how we have done it. And lots of parents have tried this, and so far we haven't heard of anybody that says, I'm so sorry I did this, man. That most of them really have had, had fun with it. And um, so somebody told us to do this before our oldest child turned eight. We know many of you have children who are older than eight, or you may have teenagers you've never talked to about. Linda, not, not to interrupt, but Linda's going now to the big talk about so what, what some people call the big talk. But but prior to that, let me just add, there are a lot of things in our book, and we're going to tell you how to get this this information online at the end of the show, but there are a lot of things that you start with little kids, mainly about how wonderful their bodies are, how wonderful their their eyes are like a camera, their 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 joints are like a hinge, and so on. And there's a lot of early discussions you have to prepare the way for this big talk, but we think the big talk, sorry to interrupt, Linda, but go ahead now, ought to be around eight years old. Um, well, uh, we hadn't even said eight yet, I don't think. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that in the first half if you missed that. But anyway, w- somebody told us to do this, and we have had so much fun with it. About two weeks before their eighth birthday, oh, what I was starting to say was you probably have older children that are 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, that you have not talked to about sex. And so it will be a little different conversation. If you have a 14-year-old, you might say, you know, uh, we're going out for a special dinner. We are going to talk about something that we know you already know a fair amount about, but we are going to make sure that you understand how we feel about this or however you want to word it. But uh, going back to the 8-year-olds, it really is so interesting because two weeks before they turn eight we start saying you know on your birthday dad and i are going to take you out to a really special place in fact you can choose the place um for your birthday but we are going to tell you about and then then after dinner we're going to tell you and then after dinner we're going to tell you about the most amazing incredible thing you have ever heard it is absolutely awesome you will not believe it but um, we are going to have so much fun talking about this. So then another week goes by. Oh, only one more week, and we get to go out and talk about the most amazing, incredible thing in the world. And it's about you, but we're not going to tell you what it is. But it's going to be very interesting to you, you know, however you want to do it. But couch it positively. And then on the night when you go out, it really is fun. I have to say I was very nervous on the first night. 
I stood by the door and said, Richard, you are such a good talker, as you listeners know by now. Um, you go ahead and you just you tell her and then you come back and tell me. Oh, this is on our first child. Yeah, way back then you're talking about. Exactly. And so it was really funny because he said, no, 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 we're going to be one on each side. No matter if it was girl or boy or whatever. Uh, we're gonna well, do if there, yeah, if there's ever a discussion that should, if you're a two-parent family, if there's any discussion you should ever have with both of you there, it is the talk about sex or the many talks about sex because think about it, the just the fact that you're doing it together is a message in and of itself. And, um, and, and you know, I'm going to tell you right now that that the thing that stops so many parents from having the in-depth talk with their child, especially an eight-year-old, someone that young, is that they just don't know how to do it, and they're just, you know, red in the face and wondering what to say. And that's why what we're going to suggest to you today is, is either our book, How to Talk to Your Child About Sex, or the dialogue from the book, which you can get online. Because we have researched it enough to know that if you say this, the child will likely say this, and then you go ahead and say this. So it actually reads like a like a play. Parent says this, child says this, and so on. In fact, there's a few places where it forks off because the child may say this or this, and then you have a follow-up depending on which answer he gives. And let's be honest, Linda, a lot of parents print it off, Hold it under the table and basically read it. <laughs> Actually, our, that's okay. one of our children has done that with their child, and she called us when she got home. She was so excited. She said, Mom, I can't believe it. They, I said that and he really did say the very, the very thing you thought he was going to say, and it just went so well. I can't believe it. It really worked. And so <coughs> everybody does it a little bit differently. So let me say right now, and then and then we'll talk more about it, but just so you'll know that help is on the way, if you go to valuesparenting.com, all strung together, and then click on how to talk to your child about sex, that'll give you this dialogue that we're talking about. Uh, and I'm not sure it has the whole dialogue on it. I, the easier thing might oh, be has to the go early to IrishFreeBooks.com. Yeah, you can do that, and too. And you can, you can get the whole book free because uh, the, the real, I mean, what is it called? It's run out. Anyway, it's been out long enough that we can actually publish it online ourselves, and so you can get it free. And it includes all discussions of all ages, starting with a 4-year-old going up to a 21-year-old. Some really good and in, interesting discussions you can have with teenagers, even around the dinner table. And it, you learn a lot when you start talking about that at the dinner table. And, yeah, and, what, and probably, I mean, just going to be honest, probably the thing that is lacking in in our in our book and in this uh, online dialogue is that there's not enough about the dangers and worries of pornography, and so. I think what we're really, if you really want a prescription, we're saying to you go to valuesparenting.com, but also go to fightthenewdrug.org and arm yourself, become knowledgeable, and and really go after it. Because honestly, Linda, here's I don't know how to say it any more bluntly than this. You've got everything to gain. You've really got nothing to lose by being more proactive and talking more to your child about sex. Now, a lot of people say, well, what if I wasn't perfect? What if I had, 
you know, what if I behave not the way I want my child to behave at a certain age? And, and am I a hypocrite? Am I a hypocrite if I try to ask my child to abstain in ways that maybe I didn't all the time? And the answer is, no, you're not. as long as this is what you believe now and as long as you're living the way you think is appropriate now with regard to sex and intimacy, then you're not a hypocrite and you're not under obligation to tell your child everything that you ever did in your whole life. What you're obligated to do is to try to protect your child by not making him rediscover the wheel. You want him to learn from what you know, and that's what parenting's all about. Um, you know, I do have to say that in hindsight now, because all of our kids are adults, and um, when we kind of get the giggles when we talk about w- what they remember from the night, our, ta- our first talk. And, of course, this is just the first talk. This is the foundation for the rest of your child's life as you go through i mean whether you see something on television that's objectionable and say now there is something wrong with this picture this is how i feel about this how do you feel about this and so it becomes a really a conversation starter but i do have to say that they all remember exactly what they wore exactly what they ate exactly what they thought where we went to dinner that night they really do because it was such a landmark time And it wasn't really the first discussion we'd have. Like I say, there are build-ups to it, but it was the big one. It was the one where they first really learned what we're talking about in in uh, in human intimacy. And so, you're right, Linda. It was. I think. I mean, here's the thing, and I don't want to overplay this card, but not only not only is is it not as hard as you might think it is, it is vastly more sort of wonderful than you think it is because you're talking about something so personal and so intimate that, that, that what happens in the child's mind is he or he he or she basically says, wow, if I can talk to my mom and my dad about this, I can tell them anything. I mean, it's, it's, you, you've, you've sort of gone to the most difficult subject to talk about of all, which makes a lot of other communication come out because it's about things that aren't that difficult. It's so true. So as we wrap up today, we hope we've given you a little courage to really do something. Talk to your children, no matter what age they are and in age-appropriate ways, about sex, about porn, about the dangers, and about the joys that come with this amazing subject and again just for resources uh, we're sending you to three websites one is called fightthenewdrug.org one is called valuesparenting.com where you have to click on how to talk to your child about sex and the third one is iersfreebooks.com so have a wonderful week we will stay on the road and we'll talk to you next time next week on Iyers on the Road <laughs>